Welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. I am your humble narrator, Cody Tucker. As always, be sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, got a, uh, a full package here for you today. Uh, so might as well... Actually, got a new, um, a new segment that I'm going to introduce today. Hopefully it'll continue. I tend to introduce a segment that will last for about three weeks and then abandon it <laughs> and it is never to be seen again so maybe this will be something a little different who knows we'll see uh yeah i don't know um but let's go ahead and just start things off uh seeing what's going on in the world today um oh and also before i start um if you were white and live in uh, the greater, uh, was it Birmingham, Alabama area, <laughs> stay inside. <laughs> Boy, that was awesome. Look, I know. I mean, I guess I should be rooting for the uh, for the home team, but nah, you had it coming to you. I mean, I was I was pumped. You know, as soon as that chair shot landed. Boy, was I fucking, I was, I was laying in my bed fucking just, god damn, I was pumped. It was awesome. You know, I've always maintained that if you, like, if you do play stupid games, win stupid prizes, I believe is the saying. Um, being a racist piece of shit. Ain't okay. Can't do it. Uh, you know. Now, as much as, you know, you might want to, depending on uh, what happens, uh, you know, somebody pull out in front of you in traffic, you just look at them, uh, you know, some things might sprout up. Don't do it. <laughs> just hold that shit in real, real tight. Um... People thinking that they can just openly do racist shit deserve to get their ass beat and their entire family's ass beat. I mean, my God. Look, you know, I um, I like to think I'm as dumb as I am in many ways. And as much as I, you know, might shit on people, uh, make fun of people race stuff not necessarily um an avenue that i go down <laughs> uh, i i yeah no i you know i i know better than to think that i should be able to just say whatever the fuck i want i don't know why i'm wearing these right now um i know better 
better. Jesus Christ. Maybe the headphones are making me talk normal. Um, I know better than to think that you can just do shit like that. And there is like a little bit of a... Um, I don't know how necessarily to phrase it. There's a bit of a sense of entitlement to not just white people, but specifically kind of upper middle class white people <laughs> like redneck rich. That's, that's the best way. Like this, this family is clear, clearly redneck rich. So they still are kind of holding on to this thing that they are actually better than people who are not like them. So when they end up <laughs> with a fucking chair across their forehead, it's a good reminder that you're not better. <laughs> like, no one's better than anyone. People just are different. Nothing wrong with being different. Doesn't make you better. Doesn't make you worse. You just come from different backgrounds, different culture, different... Uh, just different. Different isn't bad. It's alright to be different. So, these dumbass crackers that thought that... Their difference made them better. Got proven real quick that um, they're not better. <laughs> I mean, they got tore up. And I am glad to see it. Man. So anyways. Um, so that's, you know. Just saying. If you, if you, um, if you were white. And think you might want to be a prick to people who are not white just replay replay that video in your head a few times you probably are gonna <laughs> you probably are gonna you know head down mind your own fucking business which is what we all should really be doing but um yeah it was awesome and that motherfucker that swam across, woo <laughs> man he should have a parade dedicated to him like that, god damn, fuck teaching about, uh, you know, George Washington Carver. Teach about that motherfucker. <laughs> that, that is the goddamn hero. Oh, man. That was awesome. Anyways, alright. So, uh, what's the first topic for the day? God damn. Um, so, <laughs> this, this shit is so frustrating to me. So Beyonce's $157 listening only Renaissance tour tickets with no view of the stage spark fan fury. If you now, Hey, I'm fan fury. Understandable. Uh, fan fan fury is not enough. The fan need fan need to burn down goddamn arena. <laughs> if you pay a hundred, We'll round down a hundred and fifty dollars. Actually, fuck, round it down. One hundred and fifty-seven. The amount of fees you're getting tacked on. These are probably three hundred dollar tickets by the time fucking Ticketmaster adds their bullshit fees on there. Um, if you are paying this amount of money to listen to a Beyonce concert, you are a fucking idiot. So I don't. I do not feel sorry for. 
<laughs> they're pay pay ten bucks, get a month's worth of Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. Um and yeah. Save save your ass two hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> and listen to a much better version. The Beyonce infatuation in this uh, nation of ours is something I will I will never truly comprehend. But whatever, Beyonce is hot as shit. So honestly, the one thing that I would be wanting to go to a Beyonce concert for, I would be paying two hundred. You know, roughly, fuck it, brown down. I would be paying one hundred fifty dollars to not see. Hmm. Uh, we live in stupid times. I, I mean, fuck me. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, and fuck Beyonce for doing that. For even having that be an option, thinking like, oh, they'll pay just to listen to me from a distance and not see. I mean, fuck you. There are very few. I mean, I. there is not a single band... The fucking other half of the Beatles could rise from the dead and they could do a reunion tour. Come to uh, town. I would still, I would not pay more than $20 (laughs) to have listening only seats. Fuck that. All right. Oh, yes. I have been fucking waiting to talk about this. So, um... Former Lizzo dancers were weight-shamed and pressured while at a strip club, lawsuit says. Three former dancers have filed a suit against Lizzo, accusing the singer of sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment. Fuck you. That's right. All the shit that I've gotten because I uh, made a few jokes about Lizzo allegedly looking like a former defensive tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, you're a fucking piece of shit, dude. Who are you to say anything? You're fat as fuck, too. I know I am, but I'm not in here with my ass out trying to pretend like I'm fucking big and beautiful. Uh, this this son of a bitch. So, <laughs> if you don't know the details, um, I'm, I've, I think I know the gist of what's happened, and it's that Lizzo was in, I believe, Amsterdam with some of her backup dancers, and they went to, you know, a sex show in Amsterdam, as one does. Uh, The entertainment for the evening was a woman uh, sticking a banana in her vagina, and... Lizzo basically forced <laughs> her uh, dancers to eat the banana out of said vagina. Now, I don't know about you, but a pickled banana <laughs> does not sound very uh, appetizing. And yeah, apparently they were not interested uh, in eating the pickled banana. And then that turned into basically like, you eat this banana or you are fucking fired. <laughs> Lizzo is a goddamn monster. This, 
<laughs> fucking Sasquatch. This is the greatest. Where's your God now, you pricks? Like, all these fucking people, like, praising Lizzo. One, her music is fucking terrible. Um, I mean, goddamn, call me fucking close-minded, but... She is only famous because she's only loved because she's a big old bastard. That's it. That's the only reason. Uh, and now, <laughs> yeah, this is fucking awesome. I'm so happy about this. I've never been more happy for something to happen. This is like Christmas to me. Finding out that this piece of shit is doing this and that I've... I may, in fact, be justified in my hatred for this person. So, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Next. Oh, fuck me. Um, I went blind after tattooing eyeballs, but I have no regrets and won't stop, says Australia's most tattooed woman and extreme body modification addict, who has spent $280,000 on her work. Okay, Lot, lot to to go into here. How did these motherfuckers have this money? Like, I, I mean, you see all like a, quite a few people who do like these body modifications, crazy shit to their bodies, and then it costs like six figures, high six figures sometimes. And you're like, what, what do you do to have this amount of money? Like. I mean, the last time I got a tattoo, I damn near had to take out a fucking bank loan. <laughs> and these other bitches are spending, I mean, this is damn near $300,000 on this shit. And, most important thing, she is now fucking blind. <laughs> oh my god. Well, her being blind is actually probably the fucking silver lining in this because she won't be able to see how much she's just fucked herself up actually though in the picture i mean i don't know what this says about me but she kind of fucking kind of looks pretty damn good i mean yeah i'm kind of into it i mean the tattooed eyeballs are a hundred percent um a red flag but um I have a tendency to ignore red flags. <laughs> so, uh, being blind from tattooed eyeball, I mean, I'll be your fucking seeing eye dog. God damn, woof, woof. Alright, so, let's just move on from this, because my God. Uh, da, 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 da. Jesus. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is reportedly working on a stage musical adaptation of The Warriors based on the Sol Urich's 1965 novel that later spawned the 1979 cult film directed by Walter Hill. This, ah, man, I damn near ripped every fucking hair out of my head when I heard this. So, a little bit about me. I hate musicals. Fucking hate them. I think musicals are the dumbest fucking form it's the that to me is the lowest form of entertainment there is and this is coming from somebody who i mean is a massive fan of wrestling and i mean i at one point in my life i like 
pretended to be sick to stay home from school to watch Laguna Beach reruns. So, yeah, my, (laughs) my, uh, you know, like I, I, my floor for what is bad entertainment is that is pretty, is still pretty fucking high. Musicals are at the very bottom. Fucking clowns, actual clowns are, I think, more entertaining than musicals. I am not interested in hearing a story get completely ruined by the worst music ever. That just makes no sense. And this motherfucker, that Hamilton shit is the worst thing ever. Like, anybody, because I am a pretty decent fan of hip-hop. More specifically, like, 90s, early 2000s. The old school, the what I consider the golden era. I can't tell you how many people know that who know that I fucking I love history. Also have a pretty big love of hip hop. So you would think Hamilton, fucking perfect combination for me. I can't tell you how many times people knowing that about me have tried to have recommended Hamilton to me saying man the music dude the songs are fucking awesome dude it's rap no it isn't <laughs> dude, it, the music is horrible the rap i mean the the rapping is it's the worst shit i've ever heard it's also a big old pile of bullshit too i mean this is not what I mean, Alexander Hamilton, for one, was a complete jackass. Um, you know, but that's a whole other thing. This dude sucks. I I mean, I, you know. So to, so then there's that whole thing of me just hating musicals in general. And this prick thinks that he should be able to ruin what is, I would say, one of the most legendary, greatest movies of all time. The Warriors is a fucking masterpiece. Walter Hill, Walter Hill a goddamn genius. Um, yeah, The Warriors is by far one of my favorite movies. So, like, whenever I was a kid, we had, like, the little DVD players that, you know, fold that you take on road trips. And you could, like, hang on the back of a seat. Um, and I'm talking, like, I'm, like, eight or nine years old, maybe ten one of the DVDs I had was the Warriors. <laughs> so I would be in the back seat on the way to goddamn, you know, on the way to fucking Florida, headphones on, listening to some wild shit. <laughs> Can you dig it? And I would be, I mean, there's like attempted, um, you know, can't say the word, but, it, you know. There's a lot going on in that movie that a little kid probably shouldn't be watching. But regardless, made me a massive fan of The Warriors and Walter Hill. And then this scumbag piece of shit is thinks he has the goddamn... Like, just leave it alone. The Warriors... God, man. Part of what makes The Warriors cool is how, like, badass they are. There's nothing badass about people who, in the middle of talking start to pick up a melody, and then do a full-on dance routine. <laughs> like, there's nothing cool about that 
at all. But when you watch the Warriors and hear the music that like hear that shit, see the fucking subways going, all the graffiti and shit, like yeah, the Warriors is without a doubt one of the coolest movies ever. And boy is it gonna take a sharp left turn <laughs> if this dude is doing it. Ay ay ay. Alright, so to end uh, the discussion on uh, what's going on in the world today, we're going to end on a happy note. Apparently there is a God because Creed is set to reunite next year for the first show since 2012 and I am losing my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, I I will not pretend like I am not a massive fan of this uh, band. I know a lot of people kind of put them, there's quite a few people who put them on the Nickelback level of um, secretly liking them, but publicly, that band sucks. Not, no says I, Creed is, I mean Nickelback, yes, Nickelback is fucking terrible. Um, That being said, if you were to look on my Spotify, you would see quite a few Nickelback songs on there but as far as we're all concerned Nickelback sucks Creed the opposite I love this band so much (laughs) I can't help it I you know I don't know what it it says about a person if they are openly Creed fans Um, I guess it means they're either a Christian or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or just a big fan of uh, early 2000s butt rock. Um, I clearly am the latter. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever been this excited in my entire life. This is... God damn, this is... My prayers have been answered. Uh, all praise Saint Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lord and Savior Scott Stapp is returning. Jesus, it is the resurrection. The goddamn fuck what you know Jesus did. Like he was only gone for three days. This motherfucker's been gone for ten years. <laughs> it's coming back in full force. So, yeah, incredible. Well, uh, time to move on to the new segment. Um, so the new segment is, so I have a pretty strong fascination with like where, where certain words come from. Why do we say the things that we say? Um, just like saying something and go like, why the fuck do we say that? Like, that makes no, like raining cats and dogs. Um, uh, that's like the, always the one that comes to mind, which there's actually no interesting explanation for that one. Um, so I'm not doing that, but just different stuff. Like where do words come from? Are there any interesting origins of these words? Is it etymology or entomology? One is bugs and one is words. (laughs) I think it's etymology is words, whatever the study of word origins, phrase origins, why we say the things that we say. So, um, the segment I'm going to introduce every week going to, bring up like either some words or phrases that you may not know the origins of and kind of run through those and yeah 
So that'll be it. And now to introduce new segment. Where the hell that come from? All right. So to kick things off, um, go through some of the things, uh, word origin related. I'm going to do two that have to do with horse racing. I myself, not necessarily a fan of horse racing, but boy, am I a fan of uh, gambling amounts of money that I have no business gambling. <laughs> and horse racing just happens to be one of the most exciting ways to do uh, that activity. So, just uh, go through a few that I found pretty interesting. Got two uh, little anecdotes. So, in the 19th century, early, early days of horse racing, um, jockeys, obviously the little tiny fucks that are riding the horses, if they started to get just a huge lead, would, as kind of just a show of like, hey, fuck you, like, I'm showboating, would just let go of the reins, put their hands low like that, and then just ride that fucking horse to the finish line, um... While everybody else is a couple of uh, horse links behind. Because of that, any time that something was just so much better than something else, it was hands down the best. So hands down meant like a sure thing. Um, So I found that one very interesting. (coughs) (coughs) Holy shit. I'm dying. All right. Um, And then the second one. So, in the early 1900s, there was a horse called Manowar who was basically considered to be undefeatable, never lost. In in Manowar's entire career as a horse, only lost one time. And... It was until that loss, basically just a given that Man of War is winning. So, I mean, obviously that fucks with betting. Like, Man of War was just an unstoppable goddamn horse. Man of War ended up in a race. Again, where everyone's assuming Man of War will win. Towards the end of the race, Man of War starts to lose to this horse. And everybody's like, holy shit. Manowar is going to fucking lose. The horse that ended up beating Manowar was a horse called Upset. So, ever since then, any time that a team, a person, whatever, isn't expected to win but does win, it's called an Upset. So... Yeah, has nothing to do with being upset. Has nothing to do with the emotion. It is strictly comes from a goddamn horse a hundred years ago that gave Man of War its only loss. So, I found those to be very interesting. Hopefully you do too. Uh, time to move on to next segment. So, I'm going to rebrand said segment. Um, obviously, this isn't a new one. It's one that I've been doing for a while. Telling three interesting stories from history. Um, but because it is, because I've been catching a whole lot of shit about a few details being missing, um, I'm going to (laughs) 
preface all this by calling it half-ass history because that's what it is. <laughs> I am not a goddamn historian. Technically do have a degree in history, but I don't think that makes me a historian. Whatever. So now moving on. All right. Time for a little half-ass history. I have three uh, pretty different stories, but three, I would say, very interesting stories nonetheless. All interesting in their own right. Uh, some funny, some not so funny. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and kick things off. So first one. So in the 70s, which I would consider the prime of, uh, of television, there was a show called Candid Camera. Candid Camera was basically the original punked, um, but instead, of, instead of having Ashton Kutcher, uh, shouting into a camera, punking his, um, his celebrity friends, Candid Camera was hosted by a fella named Alan Funt. And instead of pranking celebrities, Alan Funt would oftentimes use celebrities to prank regular people. So Alan Funt became massively well-known, massively famous, as being the guy hosting Candid Camera who would just fuck with people. Um, now, obviously, it was in the 70s, so it was like a much classier version Punked, you had fucking Zach Braff threatening to beat the shit out of a 12-year-old. Alan Funt's version of Candid Camera was much like Muhammad Ali was on an episode. Like, it was fucking pretty legit. So one time, Alan Funt was on an airplane, on a flight. That plane got hijacked. Everyone on the plane is freaking out. Until they start looking around and seeing Alan Funt on the plane. So they all start thinking, oh, we're on fucking candid camera. <laughs> we're just getting fucked with by Alan Funt. He's sitting right there. So they start not believing that they're actually being hijacked. They're being hijacked. It's a real goddamn hijacking. <laughs> uh, the plane is getting redirected into fucking Cuba. And the whole time, these people are... Like laughing it off, like oh ha ha, like yeah, you have a you have a bomb, sure. <laughs> like we see Alan Funt. So Alan Funt's like trying his best to convince them, like, you are not on TV right now. <laughs> like, like that is that's a real goddamn hijacker. That is not <laughs> like that is, this shit ain't got nothing to do with me. He is trying his best to convince them of that, and they still don't believe him. They're like, Oh, well yeah, of course you're gonna say that. We're on fucking candid camera. Um Turn, yeah, so he cannot convince them otherwise. Like, they, they have it in their head that they are on TV, that they're going to be on TV, and that this hijacking is all bullshit. Alan Funt's losing his shit because he knows he's on a real goddamn hijacking and could die. Um, so the plane ends up getting flown to Cuba, lands, and then everybody gets off and is like, oh, we're not in... Minneapolis. <laughs> so then they realize, oh shit, this is this was an actual hijacking. Instead of like losing their mind at the hijackers, everybody gets off the plane and starts yelling at Alan Funt like it's his fucking fault <laughs> that there was a hijack, a real hijacking on a plane. And apparently, it kind of fucked with Alan Funt for a long time. And um, yeah, 
I find it to be a very bizarre moment in uh, entertainment history. So, there's that one. Next one is... Hold on, hold on. Alright, so, next one is The Year Without a Sun. It is called The Year Without a Sun because of the eruption of the megavolcano Krakatoa. In 1883, you probably heard the word Krakatoa. Um, probably even know that it is a volcano. The eruption of Krakatoa is the loudest sound ever. Like at least in in known recorded history, the eruption of Krakatoa is the loudest sound ever recorded, um, or second loudest. Uh, depending on, you know, if I'm locked in the bathroom after a nice Arby session. <laughs> that might be the first uh, loudest sound. But anyways, the eruption of Krakatoa, when that fucker blew up, the eruption was heard 2,000 miles away. People heard that shit in Perth, Australia, and they thought it was a cannon. <laughs> so that's 2,000 miles. It's like... I think I'm right on this, math-wise, but it's like an explosion in Alaska being heard in Florida. I'm pretty sure that that's 2,000 miles. <coughs> Jesus Christ. My God. Anyways, pretty sure that's 2,000 miles. So it would be like an explosion being... Uh, happening in Alaska, and then somebody in fucking Orlando hearing it. Yeah, wild. The anyone who was within a hundred miles had their eardrums ruptured and permanently deafened because of the sound of the eruption. Fucking wild. The sound of the eruption of Krakatoa was within that hundred mile radius. Um, it was 180 decibels, which is pretty much the same as standing right next to a fucking rocket launch. <laughs> and that's what, ha- that's what it sounded like to people who were a hundred miles away. It was a, it was like standing directly next to a rocket launch. The pressure wave of the eruption circled the entire earth three times. Man, it ended up um, causing tsunamis, like massive tsunamis. Some like as high as 100 feet. Ended up, all in all, killed 36,000 people. (laughs) Quite a bit. Yeah, that is, yeah, killed 36,000 people. A lot of those are from the tsunamis. Like I said, 100-foot waves. That'll do it. Um, So it's called the year without a sun. So that's all just kind of like what the fuck happened. It's called a year without a sun because the cloud of just debris and shit that came from an ash and dust and dirt that came off of the eruption of Krakatoa basically coated most of the earth in like a film to where the sun wouldn't adequately penetrate. And so there was just this bright red sky for, yeah, like damn near a year. 
Um, and it ended up causing all sorts of problems. It caused like crops to fail, which then led to like some people even like cite the Russian Revolution uh, <laughs> as being in part caused by the eruption of Krakatoa because the crops were failing, so people were going through famine. Russian government, um, the czar, did not handle it so well. That you know kind of gave birth to Lenin, Stalin, all these people just you know. Trotsky, all these people, you know, being anti-Czar. That's a whole other thing. But, yeah, it it fucked a lot of things up. There was no sun for, like, a year. Um, and one of the, like, kind of remnants of that that's fairly famous, if you look at the painting, which everyone has seen this painting, The Scream by Edvard Munch, um, arguably one of the most famous paintings of all time. If you look at the painting, you would notice the sky is bright red. The reason for that, at least what most people kind of hypothesize, what most people believe is the reason for that, is that Edvard Munch kind of was losing his shit in 1883, 1884, when there was no sun. And so the scream is kind of an, a representation of a panic attack happening due to this, like, drastic change in the sky. And so when you look at it, it's a bright red sky, kind of, a again, a representation of the eruption of Krakatoa, which happened thousands of miles away in a little island, you know, in the Indian Ocean. Fucking wild. So there's the year without sun. Last one is... Da, 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 da. Last one is a story of arguably one of the most influential boxers of all time. So before Mike Tyson, before Muhammad Ali, before uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, hell, I think even before like Jack Dempsey, before these like legends of the uh, you know, was it pugilists? Isn't that the word for boxing? Like the fucking pretentious word for boxing. Before these legendary pugilists, there was a fellow by the name of Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson was a fucking bad ass. Like, everything about Jack Johnson was, <laughs> like, over the top. Like, how we look at, like, a lot of athletes now is, like, kind of flaunting and all this shit. Jack Johnson was doing that shit a hundred years ago. Over a well over, actually, well over a hundred years ago. Jack Johnson, arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time. Um, he is from Galveston, Texas, ended up kind of started off doing just like real shitty, low level boxing matches, um, against other black. So Jack Johnson also should be known is black. Um, now this is 40. I mean, his career kind of started taking off 40 years after the civil war. So yeah, I mean, he's like right in like the reconstruction era, if you don't know too much about the Reconstruction era, <laughs> not a great time for African Americans. Um, but Jack Johnson in the beginning is just fighting other like African American boxers. Well, to advance himself and really prove that he's a bad motherfucker, he's got to start fighting the best. And at the time, that was white dudes. Um, again, this is hundred years ago. 
things have changed. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, the Whites were doing pretty good in boxing. Then Jack Johnson stepped in and started knocking these motherfuckers out. Just cracking these white dudes. And that did not go over well. Um, he fought uh, a guy named uh, Jack Jeffries. Hold on. I think I had that right. I believe this guy. Yeah. John Jeffries. Anyways, fought he fought this one boxer, something Jeffries. Um beat his ass and it ended up causing a it caused race riots so him winning this one match against a white dude ended up causing race riots across the country now again this is like early 1900s um so a lot of people were like i mean white people were like fuck jack johnson fuck this dude um it also didn't help that jack johnson was banging white women <laughs> all over the country married a white woman which is i mean goddamn like that was a crazy thing to do in the 70s in a lot of places jack johnson was married married a white woman in i'm saying like not even like barely like half a century from slavery existing so i mean the fucking balls on Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson was living the goddamn dream. Jack Johnson also had gold teeth and a pet leopard. <laughs> Which, I mean, really shows like... that. I mean, that motherfucker was a goddamn... I mean, he's the might be one of the coolest human beings to ever live. Anyways, all... Like, a lot of white people were not happy about Jack Johnson being as good as he was and knocking out these white dudes and having sex with white women. Um, so it kind of started this thing of like looking for the great white hope. Um, like somebody who could like take down Jack Johnson, the writer who wrote this big, like expose piece about Jack Johnson and saying like, we need the great white hope was a, a writer by the name of Jack London, <laughs> which you should probably recognize Jack London. It's like, um, was it Call of the Wild, White Fang, like, wrote all these, like, you know, pretty legendary books that most kids still read in school. But anyways, Jack London wanted the, a white dude to knock the shit out of Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson ended up having this, like, crazy good career. Um, but outside of the ring was also doing legendary shit. Doing legendary shit in the ring, for sure. Doing... I would argue even more legendary shit out of the ring. So Jack Johnson became a bullfighter, got really into bullfighting, used to hang out with Pancho Villa, was a secret agent during World War One. Again, fucked basically every white woman he could, including Mae West, who was like, I mean, Mae West was like the ultimate back in the day. Um, he even got invited to go to Russia, went to Russia, hung out with Russians, and had, like, a drink-off against Rasputin. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad for a guy whose fucking dad was a slave. Pretty fucking awesome. Jack Johnson, again, one of the coolest human beings to ever live. Had a fucking pet leopard. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, what I had to to present to ye. Um, until next time, goodbye.